2: Before we start this week's show, I want to let you know about our friends over at Indochino. They are the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. It's very simple with their process. You choose a fabric, you pick the customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will arrive straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or you can do it all online from the comfort of your own home at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off. your purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when you enter the code BLUEWIRE at checkout. And even better, shipping is free. Once again, that is Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your first purchase of $3.99 or more. It's an incredible deal on made-to-measure clothing. Don't wait. Get your perfect gift for yourself this holiday season. You really have no excuses to wait anymore to have the perfect clothing and to look sharp. Once again, endochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE.
0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, and touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr., to it.
2: He did Hello everyone, welcome back once again to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Indochino, Ship Station, and Harry's. We're we'll talking more about those later on in the show. Sean, we are true the the majority of the season away are basically at the fantasy playoffs it's been a fun road throughout the season but more so than that Sean we have hit episode six zero, episode 60 off the road of his overtime podcast it's been a hell of a fun run here over the last kind of uh, 18 months or so Uh, it's great doing the show with you each and every week but Sean of course how did this week go for you are things looking good for the the Seagull fantasy uh, finals this year?
3: the final week of the regular season is always very exciting and i've been mentioning a little bit the league that ben gretch and i are doing a lot of listeners obviously very familiar with ben and we went into the last week uh in a virtual tie for second we had a, a point lead there and needing to probably win and also beat the team we were tied with in points in order to advance because of the some of the vagaries of the scoring or playoff system and it just it came down to some tricky lineup decisions well we Ben and I went back and forth throughout the week between Dak Prescott and Drew Brees in terms of our starter most of the projection systems out there most of the projections uh, that we looked at had Brees not only ahead but substantially ahead and obviously you know, listening to and and following the commentary of a lot of great people out there in the fantasy community. Uh, The one that did not our game-level similarity projections really liked Prescott, and Ben liked Prescott as well. I think perhaps there were a few more game scenarios where he was going to come out ahead, perhaps, than Drew Brees. We took the decision all the way down to actually the starting bell. We're still talking on the phone. Uh, As that game kicked off and decided to stick there on thanksgiving with breeze obviously that did not turn out so i think the moral of the story here is you know get to the site look at those game level similarity projections they will they will help you with your starting lineups Uh, we would really would have needed a a very specific scenario where we played Dak and also had uh, Rashad Penny in over a couple of our other running backs. Penny obviously with the big game on Monday night, if we'd had the perfect lineup, we could have won by a single point, which would, which would have been a cool way to do it. But I, I can't complain. My other team that was right in the mix there did move along with Penny's big game on Monday. Obviously he's one of our zero running back guys for the season and Uh, he had a bad bad year but if you hang on long enough you construct the rest of your roster properly then what you're hoping for is a a chance for one of these guys to really carry you into the playoffs and then during the playoffs so uh, penny still has a lot to redeem we'll see if he does his job during the playoffs
2: yeah we certainly will and uh, it was an interesting week we'll be looking back at over some of the guys uh, a lot of the guys obviously that had big weeks some of the guys who didn't have such big weeks and then looking forward to the rest of the season and of course already looking ahead to 2020 sean you mentioned there uh, the glsp i think it, the key there is just uh, don't doubt the projections that are up on the site go to them view them <laughs> and roll forward and win your fantasy matchups but of course to do that you do need a road uh, subscription and his loyal podcast listener you can get temporary off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now. It's available through that NFL podcast homepage, which is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. Of course, we are talking ahead to next year already with those apps and all that will help keep you roll through the next couple of weeks of the season, whether it's season long or DFS. So get in and get the contents and tools up and running. If you haven't signed up already, as I mentioned, 10% off the rest of the way, and that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast as always too the patreon is up and running will be up and running throughout the off season you can sign up today for just six dollars a month and get exclusive access to that patreon slack where you get to talk to a, a number of members of the podcast and writing team get advice to help set those lineups for the final playoff push you can join today at patreon.com forward slash road radio so, Sean, when we get to move on into the show here, we're going to look a little bit about some of the players who flourished this past week. And you have uh, a number of players in the headline. We have Kenny Galladay, James Washington, and Cortland Sutton. And Kenny Galladay was a player who this week we probably didn't expect based on going into Thanksgiving on that Thursday when we found out there's going to be the quarterback change. David Blau was starting. We also had the quarterback change in Pittsburgh where Devlin Hodges was starting. So, a lot of quarterback maneuvering. And I guess we'll go with the trio. We had the quarterback change in Denver uh, for all three of these games. Guys, and Drew Locke started as well and Drew Locke having quite the first quarter same with David Blau uh, as it led to major points for uh, both Galladay and of course Cortland Sutton uh, you, we all know that uh well i certainly am and i think sean's still on board the kenny golliday train as we move forward here but Cortland sutton over the last couple of weeks i've kind of touched on him on a few shows the guy just looks phenomenal he uh, for me sean i don't know about you exactly he looks like the real deal and uh that that first touchdown catch i know we could say it could have been possibly overturned on replay but uh, i had quite a few uh, lineups this week particularly in dfs with courtland sutton in them and man that was one hell of a touchdown grab and he just looks better and better each and every week particularly on those you know contested catches so which of the tree do you want to head on first they were tree standout guys for you in week 13
3: well that's a gutsy call to go with him in dfs with that quarterback situation so that's a great move there sutton he's a guy we've talked about quite a bit and every week we seem to get more evidence that he really is the guy probably not the level of athlete of a calvin johnson or a julio jones But very, very few receivers are. I think we can take him into the next tier below those guys and suggest that he can be competitive with basically any other type receiver in the NFL. Now, in order to be a Michael Thomas, you probably need to have a quarterback like Drew Brees. Although one of the most impressive things we saw from Thomas this year was just how well he played with Teddy Bridgewater under center. I think that's something you've got to be extremely excited about here with Sutton where he has demonstrated a very high floor even with terrible quarterback play. So one of the very favorite apps for almost all of the users on the site is the Game Splits app. You can go in play with different splits, see how guys are performing in different quarterbacks in different weeks, different types of defenses, you know, in games you're expected to win, games you're expected to lose, uh, different game scripts. And it's fun to go in here with Sutton. We can take out those three games that Brandon Allen was the quarterback, and Sutton is averaging 16 points a game. So my takeaway from this for the article was that it tells you pretty much all you need to know about Sutton, that he's pacing for a 76-12-62-9 season in game started by joe flacco and drew lock right if you can do that with those guys then i think you can be an absolute star if that quarterback position becomes adequately addressed whether or not it's with lock emerging or going a different route i think sutton can be a top 10 overall dynasty player and not just a top 10 receiver but a top 10 overall player certainly somebody i've tried to acquire at all different points throughout this particular season continue to load up and load up and load up he made a big difference for me this week as i was able to get into the uh, conference finals or the divisional finals of kitchen Cinco. and so we're going to talk about some quarterbacks a little bit later later kitchen Cinco, one of those really fun dynasty leagues that ryan mcdowell runs super flex and to be in the finals there uh in large part because of sutton very exciting You liked him enough to play him in DFS. What did you think of some of these other young guys? For example, uh, James Washington, who, you know, we hear all of that about the rapport with his college quarterback, and clearly that wasn't something that was carrying him sort of over the threshold. Now he gets the third string quarterback, goes out, and with Juju Smith-Schuster obviously out, Deontay Johnson possibly limited has this huge game here, and his career has just completely turned around over the last month, right? Where his receiving fantasy points over expectation per game from the beginning of his NFL career through week eight was minus 1.6 on an 8% target share. So when your target share is that low, it's actually somewhat difficult to generate that much negative fpoe per game right one minus 1. 1.6 per game over the last month target share has jumped to 17 percent, and he's averaged seven points per game more than expected based on his volume and his targets now we know he's not going to average seven points per game going forward but this is a very very positive
2: sign i agree and uh, looking through it you know you have to say like some players take their opportunities when they get them other players then you know get opportunities and they fail to live up to the the opportunity and then fade back into the background James Washington has kind of obviously stepped up when Juju Smith-Schuster's been out like obviously his target share is higher because of that but he has really stepped up and been able to produce uh, over the last couple of weeks you know somebody as well like an Alan Lazard uh, who had a big game for the Packers this week another player who probably wasn't expected to get any real opportunity this year and has you know developed into now at this point of the season somebody who can be started in fantasy but looking at somebody like james washington obviously uh, when he was drafted last year there was a, a lot of hope uh for him second round 60th pick overall um, didn't really live up to it all that much last year um, but true true this season so far has really stepped up to the plate you know quite a quite a good college career uh still just 23 years old and um, you know there's plenty of room for upside so if you're looking at second year breakouts he's definitely somebody who has uh, stepped into that mold it's funny sean to think back to the start of the season and we were wondering about you know who was the wide receiver to own behind uh, Jay, or be, behind uh, uh, Juju Schuster and obviously we had thought Big Ben Roethlisberger was going to be the quarterback when we look at the situation Dante Moncrief was kind of the person who was meant to be the competition for Washington uh, I'll give you 10 points if you can name the team that uh, Dante Moncrief's currently on in the NFL
3: is Dante Moncrief an NFL player this currently- <laughs> <thing with> Moncrief <laughs> was And, and, you know, this isn't to root against anybody in particular or to make fun of anyone in particular. He simply hadn't been a good NFL player. And I think the same thing was true for Vance McDonald. And so there was some real opportunity here. People were wondering, you know, just how big could McDonald be, for example, when you don't have anything beyond Juju Smith-Schuster. But the fact of the matter was that you had Deontay Johnson, an interesting – rookie wide receiver who you know had some strengths had some weaknesses in terms of how he projects uh, based on the predictive evidence you know had some different comps in the box score scout but certainly a lot of things to point positively in his direction washington some serious red flags to his profile for the second year breakout but also some good things and we've seen that kind of play out and so it's been kind of cool here i think Uh, to see some of these guys who were not expected to really push for targets to come along here and it's been a a very disappointing season i think for the steelers and yet they're in it right (laughs) and they're they're down their stars you know roethlisberger out connor out smith schuster out and they keep pushing forward and, and beating some teams that are frankly you know not terrible nfl teams So what they've done, the coaching job here, and just seeing some of these young players flourish, I'm a huge Benny Snell fan. And so I think getting to see him play a little bit, score that touchdown, and uh, really looking like the guy he was at Kentucky, uh, these are all fun developments for the Steelers.
2: Yeah definitely and you mentioned there you know the coaching job that Mike Tomlin has done Uh, you know I think that if he finishes the year as the the coach of the year I think it'll be truly well deserved because this team if you go from what they would have had normally uh, over the last couple of years you know Bell wasn't there last year but they have had you know Antonio Brown, uh, Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger and this year like you they've changed quarterbacks multiple times Uh, defensively they were kind of there was a lot of talk about the trade when they when they give away their first round pick for next year and it being been a bad decision, but you know that's turned uh, out to be fantastic at the moment and the defense is turning into one of the better ones in the NFL. So it's, it's amazing, like you mentioned, they're not really having a great season uh, in terms of fantasy points, but they're actually uh, over-delivering dramatically on the football field in terms of NFL wins. But when we get back to James Washington, and actually to get back to Dante Moncrief, currently with the uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, so he has been there for the the last good few weeks and i I actually seen that while setting some lineups on uh on Sunday so I was <laughs> I was quite surprised but um, he, he hasn't been heard from from quite some time but in terms of Washington you know a, a Bolitnikov winner for the best wide receiver in the nation you know in 2017 uh, you know finished his college career uh, from true 2015 to 2017 uh, with at least a thousand yards every season at least 50 receptions every season and at least 10 touchdowns in each of those seasons so you know he, he really has uh, a good projection moving forward and I think what we've seen over the last couple of weeks has been highly impressive If they get Juju Schuster back in the mix, this team could have quite the the combination at their kind of one, two wide receiver spots once again. And they are a team who has had Incredible success at drafting wide receivers in those kind of kind of mid to early rounds uh, over the last couple of years. So Washington definitely somebody who I would have a lot of interest. In. I mentioned Lazard uh, a little bit earlier. Um, you know, obviously as a Packers fan, it was enjoyable to see them uh, win that game quite comfortably against the Giants in the snow uh, this past week. Uh, you know, that was it was good to get back to winning ways after the de- demolition from the 49ers a week back. But uh, his his actual game in this one, one hundred and three. Uh, yards on three receptions and a touchdown and obviously the touchdown in one of those receptions was the major accumulation off those points but we talked about him Sean uh, after week seven and uh, talked about like you know I kind of said that there wasn't a huge chance that he would turn into a reliable fantasy starter but as things have happened and you know i i really like mvs uh, you know scantling in terms of what he can produce but he really has fallen off quite dramatically as lazard has got more and more snaps for this packers team uh geronimo allison still continues to get snaps doesn't seem to have a huge amount of production but lazard has definitely worked his way up that pecking order what what's your thoughts on him based on when we kind of talked about him maybe five or six weeks ago he definitely has uh, increased his value quite quite considerably
3: well, I'm biased because I was a Debbie owner for so long. <laughs> I'm really excited to see him flourish now. But I just don't think there's much comparison, right? We know that players who are good in college tend to be good in the NFL. We know that it's helpful in terms of scoring touchdowns to be big, to be athletic. He has all of those things. Why NFL teams were not interested in him is it really boggles the mind, right? You've got a guy who was a big-time recruit out of high school he was part of changing the face of iowa state really more than david montgomery and he's a huge freakish athlete right those are the things that you want in an nfl player and certainly i think he's a, a better receiver than the rest of those guys who are fighting for snaps beyond Devonte adams so you know one of the things i mentioned in the article is that with the return of Devonte adams lazard's target share has actually dropped again right and so he really had to make the best of his limited opportunities in this game to you know score these monster fantasy points it's going to be difficult to do that consistently until he becomes a bigger part of the offense again from a target perspective however he has everything you need to do that and the rest of the receivers on their team really do not and so when you are a young receiver you're playing with Aaron Rodgers, really the sky is the limit. I mean, he's going to rise a lot more before we're done here. There are going to be opportunities, I think, for people who own him currently to sell and take a little bit of a profit. And, you know, it'll be tricky to resist that given what some of the peripherals are. On the other hand, the upside is so large that if you can buy with the idea that your league mate, is, is thinking about taking profits, is thinking, okay, I'm going to sell high. If you can buy in those situations, I think that you'll be happy down the road.
2: Yeah and I think it's just interesting to see that development he's developed into although I am a fan I had no low expectations but uh, it was also good to see Devante Adams uh, back in the end zone two touchdowns for him so uh, missing, like obviously has not lived up to what we wanted for him uh, this season in terms of fantasy production but uh, nice to see uh, him back in the end zone I guess that's very biased for me as a Packers fan. Before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at ShipStation with the holiday rush on the way. You have to be able to ship out those orders or maybe it is just gifts. If you're a business, it's going to be the orders. And if you are just sending them out to friends and family uh, and doing it efficiently and affordably, there is only one place to do that. And that is at ShipStation. They keep track of all of the orders or all of the shipments. And they also help you to decide which carrier to use and to make sure if you're getting the best rates. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing your shipments, printing Labels and getting those products out the door and delivered for the holiday. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, so you can compare them all and make sure you're getting the best value for yourself. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online labeling. You ship in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of your holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation handle it for you with ease. And you can use the offer code BLUE to get a 60 day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress free holiday shipping just visit shipstation.com click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in blue that's shipstation.com enter the code blue shipstation make ship happen and of course one of our loyal sponsors here on the show has been harry's looking for a great gift for somebody in your life maybe you're just looking for a gift for yourself Uh, talk about how guys often get dull cliched gifts like socks and wallets and ties one of the things i love getting on my gifts are nice quality blades and that is because it's something i don't like to buy for myself but wanting to buy them for yourself is something you can do with harry's because it is both thoughtful and practical and sometimes you get that little gift for yourself it can be very very convenient listeners to the show now can get five dollars off any harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com forward slash blue wire free shipping ends on december 16th so act fast and get ready for that perfect shave each harry shave set comes with a weighted handle with the option to engrave and also a five blade razor cartridge foaming gel for a rich lather travel cover to collect your blades and also it is packaged in a holiday gift box free shipping as i mentioned before ends on the 16th of december so act now just go to harrys.com forward slash blue wire that's harrys.com forward slash blue wire So as we go into the second half of the show, Sean, looking through some of the observations from Blair's uh, piece this week. Um, Was there any that stood out in particular? Um, Some interesting ups and downs over the last couple of weeks. Um, You know, we have obviously seen Christian McCaffrey continue to dominate, but this week was a a down week in terms of his overall production. Uh, Derrick Henry continues to kind of tear the top off defenses from a Russian perspective. Uh, But there was a couple of players this week, obviously, the guys like Michael Thomas, uh, Uh, Tyler Lockett uh, and more so Stefan Diggs as well that you know if you had those guys in your lineup you had a superstar team over the last couple of weeks but uh, it really fell apart for you uh, at a crucial week in the season what was uh, some of the observations that that you took away from I guess from Blair's observations
3: well I think some of the notes are interesting in that they're a little bit counterintuitive Christian McCaffrey finally showed that he's at least a little bit human right You own anyone else, and you're not going to be disappointed with 17 fantasy points. You own Christian McCaffrey, and it feels like he had a massive bust game. Blair points out how this was actually his second-largest workload of the season from an expected points perspective. He should have scored 30 based on the value of his touches. Obviously wasn't able to do that. We saw him stopped down by the goal line as they were trying to make a play for the game there at the end. Obviously very disappointing for fantasy owners, very disappointing for the Carolina Panthers. I think the coaching staff there, obviously now in deep, deep trouble. The other thing that happened as a result of this game is that Derrick Henry, as you pointed out, took the lead on the season among running backs in terms of fantasy points over expectation. You talked about how he's just been blowing the ceiling off. This was his fourth game here in the last month where he was at least seven points over expected. Now, again, we go to the Game Splits app there and you know come up with some interesting info. Since Ryan Tannehill has taken over, when you think in terms of a quarterback switch that really invigorates an offense, you're often thinking of a player who's going to suddenly make these wide receiver options much more valuable. That hasn't exactly been the case, as, as any Corey Davis owner can tell you but Henry has exploded. He's gone from 13.6 points per game uh, with Mariota to 21.8 with Tannehill, which obviously puts him in that rarefied era of the plus 20. His pace during that time period has been absolutely insane. Uh, Over 1,600 rushing yards on pace for a 16 touchdown season. Now he was already doing quite well in the touchdown column, but, his receiving numbers are up to a 26 for 356 pace as opposed to a 16 for 88 so becoming a, a more well-rounded player relegated Deion lewis basically to the bench if the offense can continue to hum along like this with ryan tannehill giving them at least a threat of the pass even if they remain very run oriented then you've got to like what you're seeing from henry as one of
2: his owners yeah, he's looking looking very good. Continues to, uh you know, it's a case that it tends to be in the second half. We see Henry do a lot of his damage, but just his size and, you know, physicality, it's almost like uh, when it gets to a certain point of the game, the defender's bodies no longer can withstand what he's able to do. And what would be so impressive is why he, you know, a lot of the time people say, you know, his lateral agility isn't great. If you get him out to the outside or if he gets past any first line of a, a defense, it's, it's nearly impossible for him to be taken down in a one-on-one tackle which makes him obviously on, on, a, on a run that you may expect to be you know a 10-yard run you'll often see him drag a man for another you know 10 to 15 yards uh, continuing to to be super productive especially over his last 16 games you know we talk about Christian McCaffrey we have obviously this this season we've seen like a little bit of a downturn and and some of the top guys like Olivia Bell obviously David Johnson um you know we, we see them guys dropping down Saquon Barkley hasn't had the production uh we talked last week on the show about Ezekiel Elliott so when we look at Derrick Henry over that kind of past let's say uh 12 months uh, period if we look at a kind of 16 game sample size he has been as good as as any running back really uh out I guess not named uh, Mr. Uh, Christian McCaffrey who you mentioned had a, a super disappointing <laughs> high, high high scoring week which uh, it's it's funny to think that um, just how good he's been. Another player of interest this week um, was uh, Robert Woods who had a big game, uh, one of his better games of the season but uh, still hasn't got into the end zone. You've done some work to, to compare him to the 20 20- uh, Thirteen season of Hakeem Nix, uh, who at that stage had 101 targets, hit nearly 900 yards and no touchdowns. Uh, this season, it's 99 targets, 835 yards and no touchdowns for Robert Woods. Uh, it's 15 consecutive games, you mentioned, without a score. When will the drought uh, come to an end here for Robert Woods? Is he destined to never see the end zone again?
3: Yeah, Blair has done some really cool stuff pulling out you know, those stats for us. It, he gets so many... Of these little carries in their offense i'd like to see him get one down by the goal line right the running backs haven't haven't stood out you know todd Gurley looks like a pre-breakout derrick henry where he only runs straight doesn't get up to speed very fast if he starts moving sideways he immediately goes down uh, the rest of their running backs uh, certainly haven't done anything to stand out why not give woods a carry here you know try and break the seal to have over a thousand yards without a touchdown I mean we're starting to, to enter julio jones territory here which almost everything else if you can be mentioned in the same sentence with julio jones you want to do that when it comes to underperforming your receiving yards uh, in terms of getting in the end zone that's maybe not the one there but I, I think we're about to have it it's it's cool to see woods get the 19 targets certainly the rams Seem to think that they needed to give their offense some confidence. A lot of passes in this game when they're leading by a wide margin. I like to see this; it makes the game a little bit more exciting. You know, it gives your players a chance to you know practice what they've worked on all week. It gives the the team a chance to really develop as opposed to just sitting on the ball. This is a good move by a Rams team that needed to uh, inject some juice, inject some positive morale into what's been a very down season
2: yeah they did they needed that kind of kick start and they really did lay the <laughs> they laid the hammer this week uh, on the cardinals uh, both defensively and offensively like the the defense really went to town on on kyler murray uh, they were embarrassed uh, during the, the previous monday night football game uh, and then they led to the embarrassment of the arizona cardinals this past week but uh, all, all offensive sides of the game look pretty good in this far um uh, for, for the Rams it'll be interesting to see if they can continue it. It might have just been a one week bounce back. Let's see if they can continue it for the next couple of weeks here. Two wide receivers want to head on Sean uh before we get into the fourth quarter. The first one, I guess we never take a, a moment uh to not talk about DJ Moore when we can talk about him. Uh you know, it's his fourth straight game with at least nineteen expected points, and after thirteen weeks of the season, he's the wide receiver eight in PPR scoring. Uh, and he's inside the top five then in terms of targets, reception, yards and expected points per game. And, you know, he was, I guess we'll say this year's, you know, he was the, the darling of the, the road of his crew. Um, and, you know, there were some weeks where he wasn't getting in the end zone, but uh, through 13 weeks, he's he's really uh, been able to show that, that he is the, the leading wide receiver on this team and, and can be a huge fantasy asset. Yeah,
3: we talk every season about the importance of rostering these second-year breakout wide receivers. This is really the one year, the one time period where a player's performance and their ADP don't match up in terms of what we know about the jump, right? You can take a receiver's college performance, their first-year performance, and project them based upon that with a jump that ADP does not incorporate, and so you look at this season there have been so many big time performers in that second year category if you took the safe high floor players with your other picks and loaded up on second year receivers throughout the draft where they were going then you know your team is, is very very good here when i look across the board at all of my rosters The dynasty rosters that had uh, playoff buys last week, the teams, the high-stakes teams that moved into the postseason, DJ Moore sits on all of those. And certainly, you know, not necessarily that provocative a pick to to, to say DJ Moore was going to have a good season but certainly we ran articles week after week saying he was going to have a great season and to see him sitting there in the top 10 with peripherals that suggest you know he can go even higher and that he's really on the cusp of, of greatness right a little bit like we talked about with Cortland Sutton not just a top 10 wide receiver but when you look at some of the problems that we're having with those running backs that you mentioned where they're no longer in their primes no longer in the offensive situations that were so favorable for them, those guys falling down. We see this next wave come up, and one of the things that you really want to do with your dynasty trades, and, and Blair's got a whole series on this, but you want to make those moves before they become obvious to everyone, right? And so DJ Moore, a really important guy to have, and to have before everybody had him, you know, at these you know extremely expensive prices.
2: Yeah, and uh, it's just like, you know, we talk about the quarterbacks that the other guys are playing with in terms of, uh, you know, Courtland Sutton's doing it with a, a couple of quarterbacks, and obviously Cam Newton went out quite early in the season with Kyle Allen. Uh, as they as they go about things in Carolina and the Panthers really have you know they've fallen off dramatically here over the last couple of weeks um, since that Packers game and uh, they obviously lost to the Washington Redskins this past week so things are not really looking good there could be a coaching change there at the end of the season we'll see what does happen but DJ Moore uh, and you mentioned articles were going up uh, weekly they were I would say almost daily <laughs> at one point in terms of uh, how much we we loved them this season but it really has lived up to to that preseason hype and uh, maybe you know as we get closer to the end of the season maybe we'll actually uh, finish even higher than he currently is in terms of those rankings because a few a few quite uh, positive games went up here over the next week they have atlanta seattle and then indianapolis before finishing with new orleans but that'll be week 17 so likely all the playoffs wrapped up from then so a nice run here uh, in terms of against the pass so we'll see, see what happens there in terms of the last player sean i want to mention is devontae parker who you know for a couple of seasons there was huge hype around Devontae parker we thought he could be something like maybe we're seeing with dj or courtland Cort- sutton hadn't lived up to that hype and you know then at the last two seasons he's kind of been like a, a punching bag for for some jokes but in terms of what he was able to do this past week and we've seen him over the season have some nice games with ryan fitzpatrick who ryan fitzpatrick may not be the best uh, actual quarterback but in terms of fantasy production the guy just creates fantasy points uh week in week out so um we've seen him do it again this past week what's your thoughts on on Parker moving forward is there hope that you know this could be uh I believe it's his fifth year it could be a fifth year breakout at the end of the season or, or what's your thoughts on Parker uh is it just a flash in the pan here that we can't see sustained
3: he's had a strange career right where he did have those positive first couple of seasons but there were still a lot of red flags both about his college profile and the performance within those first two seasons that made it Uh, a little bit more 50 50 it wasn't a done deal that he was going to break out and then as you mentioned things really fell apart and we've done a lot of research on the fifth year breakouts and Parker really didn't fit for that category and so it's interesting to see him have this renaissance very exciting you always want to see players succeed as opposed to fail and you mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick monty has a great article up on the site uh you know one of my favorite guys to read has such a, a way with words you know talking about fitz and and how much this has helped if you have ryan fitzpatrick or Jameis winston as your reality quarterbacks your team is not going to the super bowl probably <laughs> not going to the playoffs but your fantasy guys are going to light the world on fire it, it, it's so fun to watch quarterbacks who are willing to push the ball down the field who throw, I mean, they always talk about how you want to have a short memory uh, in so many different sporting endeavors. Winston and Fitzpatrick have no memory at all, right? They're just <laughs> going to continue throwing They have no idea that they've thrown five, six, seven interceptions and had multiple other interceptions dropped because the defensive back was just so surprised that the pass came directly to them.
2: <laughs>
3: Parker has been awesome with ryan fitzpatrick and another cool one to pick out with the game splits app since fitzpatrick really took the team over in week seven parker's numbers have jumped from 9.6 points per game to 18 points per game so we now have a seven game uh, span here where parker has been one of the best wide receivers in football now everybody will talk about how there's no competition here and that this is you know purely a matter of somebody has to do it but you can look around at some other NFL teams and see that it's not necessarily a thing where anybody has to do it some teams just don't pick up first downs and a little bit the same situation with Mike Kosicki where there was the question of is the opportunity good enough that it's going to force him to succeed and early in the season it looked like it still wasn't enough that just really neither one of these guys were nfl players and now to see them both blossoming with ryan fitzpatrick i think is exciting and it's a tribute to them because when you don't have any teammates who really draw coverage then you know you become the defensive focal point and so on a team that is not particularly good with a quarterback who uh has uh, some some very strong and uh worthy strengths and weaknesses these guys have emerged and so uh, i think that's a very exciting development for dolphins fans certainly fantasy owners are going to be happy with the points they're getting from these two players yeah.
2: So, Sean, as we get into the fourth quarter now, we're going to look a little bit about some of the running back scenes around the NFL. Uh, one that I touched on a couple of weeks ago, and I've kind of hit on it a, a number of times, uh, and that's with the Buffalo Bills, um, Devin Singletary. Um, you know, I, I was kind of begging for weeks that we would see it. You know, the split start to change. It started off the season with Gore with Singletary out injured, and then it's kind of uh, it kind of was level for a while, but it really has started to. Hopefully, turn into Singletary's backfield. And we've seen on a lot of the important plays this past week, where previous weeks I was getting frustrated seeing Gore, you know, trot back out onto the field for some of those key third downs or fourth downs. We've seen Singletary stay in uh, this past week. He's somebody who I think um, there's a lot of uh, potential. And, you know, if we look at this uh, running back class, I know we've talked a couple of times this season on Sanders uh, and the situation with David Montgomery, you know. I think uh, I made the case earlier in the season for David Montgomery. I think I'll admit that uh, you should definitely have won that argument as the season's going on. Mike Sanders looks to be just a far, a far better player, although he isn't really blowing the world away in, in any real department. But the one out of this rookie class that if you had the patience to draft him, there was the situation where McCoy was there, the situation where Gore was there. It was going to be a mixed-up backfield. If you had the patience to draft him, particularly in Dynasty, and you've waited through the season, and now he's starting to get, uh, you know, his opportunity. And then it, he should likely be the lead back heading into twenty twenty. Uh, Singletary, somebody who you've been impressed with this year. I, I think there's a, a lot of positive signs there for him moving forward.
3: Yeah, he ranks number one in terms of fantasy points over expectation per game in this class. As a, he ranks number one as a runner among the major factors in this class. He ranks number two behind Miles Sanders as a receiver. Uh, Josh Jacobs, obviously up there as the number two guy as a runner. I think all three of those players people have to be very excited about. The rest of the class starting to have some red flags at this point. You know, we think in terms of efficiency as not being particularly sticky, but Blair has done some fantastic research in this area uh, in his series, The Wrong Read, and shows that you really do want these guys who had positive efficiency as rookies. Their second seasons, they go on to score more fantasy points to earn more touches and to retain their efficiency right so regardless of what you're looking at it's a very positive sign when these guys go out as rookies and show this explosiveness it's really a stepping stone to becoming a star and so i think singletary you know it's interesting there because he's drafted in that same group with henderson and montgomery two players who were praised their teams were praised uh the bills sort of widely mocked For this pick and yet singletary continuing to do what he did in college and looks like you know he'll be the star out of that group now we still have a long way to go but again these are very very positive signs and you can see it on the field with him how he looks in comparison to how some of these other guys look and so within this buffalo offense that you would expect to be centered a little more around him than some of those wide receivers and with a quarterback situation that isn't fantastic but should be good for the running back I like where this is going. For me, it's been a a little bit of a tricky decision. I have him on my taxi squad in Kitchen Cinco. And uh, as we move into this crucial playoff game, you know, trying to decide, you know, whether or not to activate him and start burning contract years when the other options would be, you know, to play an Austin Eckler, to play a Tyler Boyd in terms of flex players, you know, to play a D.D. Westbrook. So, you know, should I activate him and, That that Westbrook will not be able to continue what he did this past week or hang on to play a little bit more the long game. Not a question I thought I would necessarily have to answer a month ago, and it's really exciting to see how he's developed
2: yeah it's it's really good and uh the one concern i would have with it is obviously with the quarterback situation josh allen isn't really a quarterback who likes to check the ball down so if we could get some more check downs coming singletary's way i think that would even boost it more in terms of uh you know receiving and ppr points uh one i guess sean that's probably a bit of a concern obviously we both like nick chubb quite a bit uh was having a really solid season um you know and then obviously cream hunt has been activated after his suspension this week in terms of their their splits uh chubb had 16 carries to hunt seven and then kareem hunt has kind of outnumbered him in terms of targets each week and has actually looked quite good in his roles. it was five to two in terms of targets in favor of hunt this week and he's looking he's looking pretty solid we all know what he did with the Chiefs. so how concerned are you about chubbs usage and do you think it's a case that both can be used or or where are you looking now um for these crucial weeks uh, of the season moving forward
3: well hunt has been fantastic and so that's certainly a problem For Chubb, Uh, Kareem Hunt averaged 15.5 expected points per game with the Chiefs. So again, that's how many fantasy points he would be expected to score based on his volume, where his touches occurred, the types of touches, that kind of thing. He's all the way up at 12.1 with the Browns, which really isn't a number you would think would be possible with you know where they have and where they are with Nick Chubb already diving into this a little bit further it's kind of interesting because the Browns really have done everything they could to make space for Hunt right over the first nine weeks of the season the Browns ranked number 20 in total expected points to the running back position so that's all their running backs would have been expected to score 21.8 points per game since Hunt was activated they've jumped to number one at 31.3 so they've created more space they've created a larger pie and you know that has allowed hunt to have these opportunities while not having the kind of negative impact on chubb that you might expect in fact chubb is actually up a little bit in rushing attempts per game since hunt was activated the problem has come in in terms of efficiency before the hunt activation chubb was I think number five in terms of fantasy points over expectation. He was in that elite group with a Dalvin cook, you know, trailing obviously McCaffrey, but right in there, really doing a lot with the touches that he was getting, which were substantial since the beginning of week 10 Chubb is tied with Saquon Barkley, which is a a very sad (laughs) name to be tied with when we know that we're talking about the very last place in terms of fantasy points over expectation per game. Now, the silver lining is that in order to generate that many negative points, you have to have enough touches, right? This isn't on a per-touch basis, it's just total, but minus 4.9 FPUE per game, which means he's underscoring his volume by five points. So that's also... A positive in that we know nick chubb is a star we know what he brings to the table athletically we know he's going to score touchdowns he's going to break tackles he's going to generate long plays so we don't necessarily have to be incredibly concerned but the other problem is to have this combined workload that would be worth 31 points per game that's probably not sustainable either and so for hunt to look so good You would expect him to continue perhaps to cut in to Chubb's workload, but also continue to sort of dominate these receiving touches. And as we've talked all along, and one of the things I still think is a big concern for Jerry Henry, and if he can continue to take even the slightest step forward in the receiving game, then you start to get very, very excited. But even these top backs who are freakish runners, I think that you could put Chubb in that top two or three category as a pure runner without the receiving volume he's going to be a difficult player to pay off at his adp both in dynasty 2020 redraft all of those kinds of things and certainly right now as chubb owners look to the fantasy playoffs and trying to determine what their chances are to win and you know they watch the games over these next three weeks if he doesn't catch any passes it's going to be difficult for him to be that league winner in and of himself so you know he's gotten you there still have a very good chance to win the championship, but the ceiling is not as high as it was before.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that there. And when we look through it, I just want to mention uh, two two other running backs, and then uh, I'll let you take the field on uh, whichever other one you want to highlight. Uh, just a quick note, I guess we have to shout out, I know Peter Overzet's been talking up a lot uh one of one of the the great guys who you know, the Fantasyland podcast we've been putting out each Sunday re releasing those fantastic episodes, but he, he was uh, hyping up Patrick Laird quite a bit over the last two weeks. So it didn't work out from last week, but Patrick Laird uh, having the big uh, touchdown this week a, a fun a fun moment just for that Dolphins team. And I guess when we're on the Dolphins, Sean. Uh, that that trick play for the touchdown uh, was quite quite something uh, fun to watch as well. So one thing we you mentioned the Dolphins have been fun uh, to watch from a fantasy perspective. So uh, it was. Certainly, a fun game to watch between them and the Eagles this week for a multitude of different reasons. The other person I want to give a mention to, and I don't know if people have left him sitting on their bench over the last couple of weeks because he has really been kind of fitting into that around about 10 points mold between 10 to 15 points a week nothing exceptional and that's James White who had his best game by far of the season this past week 14 rush attempts led the backfield in touches uh game script really fallen in his favor in this one with the the Patriots behind quite a bit uh, had 10 targets in the game uh finishing the game in terms of depending on what league or format you're playing in but in PPR leagues finishing with well over 30 points uh so a monster game from Hanem anyone who did start him obviously likely getting into the win with a, a big a big week like that, not something we can expect, but we all know James White has weeks like this potentially not as big probably as this one, but um a big big week, and I've been waiting all season to to see see a big week from James white. Uh, any other backfield Sean that interested you and in what you've seen after week thirteen?
3: I think those are the big ones. I mentioned it earlier on the show, but excited to see Snell play the role for Pittsburgh there. He's one of these guys, along with Singletary, who was just an absolute, absolutely fantastic college runner, carried his team, led his program uh, to really making a jump while he was there in the most difficult conference in the country and so to see him get that opportunity to see these guys who went and did not test poorly or did not test well right they they were very poor in terms of the numbers they put at the combine but to see them stick with it to see them continue to do it on the football field uh, certainly Snell has a, a much longer way to go to prove what he can do than Singletary who has flashed on many occasions this season but a great development there I certainly think there are some Possibilities in terms of creating a committee with James Conner as their careers go forward. So we'll be tracking that over these next couple of weeks.
2: So Sean, uh, it was something I seen Curtis uh, Patrick putting up um, on on Twitter over the last couple of days. Uh, Did do a couple of uh, polls in terms of uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, He's talked on the website as well. I urge you to check it out uh, about you know should you well he actually says you definitely should trade Lamar Jackson, particularly in one quarterback dynasty leagues. um, You know because of the value that he has now hit versus what you would expect a, a one quarterback uh, league to have as an asset on a quarterback position so uh, he did have uh, a couple here sean and uh, one or two of them i was surprised about how there was actually votes put in for one side of it the first one here was lamar jackson versus joe mixon uh, i think that's a, a very finished 79 percent to 21 percent. i think it's a very clear win for lamar jackson were you surprised that we seen 21 percent? so there was over a thousand votes in this so that's over 200 people have picked joe mixon uh, over lamar jackson um i i can't really see how that wouldn't would play out
3: yeah mixon is one of these guys where he could be the bounce back player of next season right his second year our second round draft pick this year we certainly saw how leonard fournette came off of a terrible season last year was drafted early again and paid off in a big big way and it's paid off even though they've had some struggles on offense the bengal's Primed to make a move next season, almost because they can't get any worse. Right, things are going to get better. They'll have AJ Green back, or they'll simply have that uh, no longer to deal with. They still have some other good pieces, so I I could certainly see that. You're you're saying you would definitely vote for Lamar Jackson here.
2: Uh, yeah no no matter what the decision would be I, I think i'd be going on the reason for that is not because like maybe you need a running back on your uh on your roster but like if we look through the rest of these results the one that obviously josh jacobs was the next one up much closer was 58 percent to 42 percent. so you're getting much closer you're getting an asset who was a, a first round dynasty startup pick this year some people would have took him with the 101 pick in dynasty in the rookie draft so you can see there's a value there you're starting to get closer to the mark but then the the one that really sees it here is you know in terms of would you rather own uh, lamar jackson or the 2020 101 pick in terms of uh, dynasty startup leagues or not start not startups and, and rookie drafts it's 50 50 so it's it's finished 50 50 um so either or so you know if you're comparing lamar jackson this is the way you look at like i look at trade value anyway to the 101 there's no way that you would give up the 101 pick to get joe mixon so in situations like that you know the clear value is to have Lamar and then if you can get him for something that will be equating to the 101 or something in and around that um, that's where you would be looking so I just think the asset you could get for Jackson with his value like in terms of a quarterback value I haven't seen really a quarterback get to this value and that's kind of Curtis's uh, you know advice here is because the value has spiked to such a level that moving him on for uh, a ransom you know to do that particularly in single quarterback leagues and two quarterback leagues is obviously a different story but that's the way i'd be looking at it is the asset that he has has got to such a value that if you could like get the the 101 uh for 2020 i think i would be kind of starting to look towards at, at that point there would you take uh jacobs uh over him and if it got to a value of the 101 would you would you certainly be accepting that as an offer how would you be looking at uh, the value of Lamar Jackson.
3: This is a a tricky one because there are some different elements to the evaluation that make it uh, intriguing, right? We have Josh Jacobs losing 58-42, and then we have the 101 splitting 50-50. And that's despite the fact that, as you mentioned, Josh Jacobs was the 101 from this season. uh, In a class that was weak but did have some good players, we're already seeing that a lot of those rookie-wide receivers are going to be very valuable In dynasty going forward josh jacobs loses the vote despite being the 101 and then really paying off almost his best case scenario for his rookie season right the only way that he could have been any better as a rookie would be to have caught a few more passes so it it tells you a little bit about perhaps the rookie derangement syndrome or the irrational exuberance that we have for the picks when a 101 selection who's hit his best case scenario is not as valuable as a future 101, even though this next class is very, very exciting. The question that I have here, or I think the thing that makes this an interesting choice for me, or a difficult choice for me, is that in almost all of these situations, you would certainly prefer to have the non quarterback in a single QB setting. And you could even see that looking at where an unproven Josh Jacobs was taken against. Uh, a patrick mahomes in most competitive redraft formats this year right so even just looking at that you would say okay well you know, we're going to skew heavily in favor of the non-qb the dynasty element is interesting because we would expect the quarterback to have value for a much longer period of time and i think that that does impact dynasty much more obviously than redraft when you're playing for that individual season the other element here is that running backs are almost universally overvalued in dynasty where owners get caught holding them longer than they should. And we've talked a lot about that with all of these big name running backs who have fallen off the cliff really this season and their owners have gone from having a lot of points and a lot of trade value to really very little of either. And so when you don't make that move early enough you see the overall value of your dynasty roster crater. And so I think the main thing that you're looking to do here is stockpile young running backs and then move them again before we see that dynamic play out and to be constantly taking these young running backs and turning them into all of these young star wide receivers now you still need enough running backs and you can continue to churn in the way that you end up with players you know like a chris carson for example who even with the big game from penny yesterday still scored very well in his own right there are opportunities to get the disappointing running backs in their second or third seasons play them immediately turn them over right so the thing that you're really looking to do as a dynasty owner is to take these assets that are overvalued and trade them i think that lamar jackson potentially falls into that category but so do these running backs who might also be toward the top of people's wish lists so if you can move lamar jackson for one of these exciting own wide receivers i would do it i do like having difference makers at every position however so i I wouldn't necessarily be taking my dynasty teams and trying to get out of a star whether or not that's lamar jackson or patrick mahomes because there are other avenues for doing that that don't cost you a star at particular positions i've got a lot of mahomes in dynasty and i would prefer to go ahead and hold on to a guy who throughout the next 10 years is going to crush the quarterback position then trade him for the kinds of assets that I can come up with in other kinds of deals, other kinds of moves. And so that's how I would be looking at it. But certainly I think Curtis's point here to where Jackson's valuation doesn't really seem to fit is is a good one. And if you can get the 2020 101, I think you want to do that because you can make multiple more trades at that point as well and, and build out a team very, very quickly. So Uh, Interesting choice the fantasy owners were making. I could see it go either way. Uh, Colin, we need to get you down on the record on both of these. Lamar Jackson or Josh Jacobs?
2: Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, I I would have no hesitation there, but... Um, if it went into a situation where it was a 101 like you said uh, that 101 pick uh, never has more value than when it's getting close to that time on the clock and I have no doubt that you know you could probably move back to the 102 103 104 in terms of one of those picks and pick up uh, some other pieces along with it to make it worth your while so especially if you have somebody else who's a, a you know a fantasy relevant quarterback uh, I think it's a, a, a no a no-brainer uh, if you drafted Lamar Jackson you know when he came out as a, a rookie um, you likely got him, you know, back into that first round. If it was a, a single quarterback league, probably second uh, second round region, uh, a little bit later. So, uh, I think um, I think I would be moving him for that pick, and then trying to make that pick work for other other assets. But it's very hard to make that clear cut decision. To, to step away from a, a lamar jackson or patrick mahomes always a very very difficult one that you, you feel like you will regret it but more often than not you can turn those into to more fantasy assets to make that line up stronger but uh, it's been it's been a real action-packed show sean covered a lot of ground on it uh, so hopefully the listeners out there have enjoyed this one as i mentioned at the start of the show today's show was brought to you by uh, a couple of our great sponsors in terms of harry's ship station and as I mentioned as well, Endochino. So, with all that done, Sean is going to wrap us up for today's edition. We'll be back next week. Anyone who is in the fantasy playoffs this week, we hope you all are, and we hope you all get those Ws to advance to the next round uh, hopefully we finish it up here with a couple of championships so as always you can follow me on twitter at over to marland and of course follow all of sean's great work up on the site that is of course rotoviz.com uh, we talked about a lot of articles that are up there uh, on today's show so make sure you do check out the full pieces and, and see if it's all good up on the site and until we're back with next week's one have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Road Radio. Please rate and review the Road Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us by email at rodevizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Road Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Road at a 10% discount to the Road of Radio homepage, rodeviz.com
0: forward slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.